Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is Mayan Brannigan, independent wrestler. Fight for your right. You're listening to the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Fuck you. are listening to the longest running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Smart Gilas Pilipinas podcast. Stancy at your service to my right, Ro Moran. Hello, hello. It's my favorite time of the week. And wow, we have uh, we have guests again. Yes, we we do have guests on the show for tonight. We're actually recording on October 9, 2014. October 9, but in the West Coast, at least in some parts, it was delayed. October 8th. I'm saying this because it's Eddie Guerrero's birthday. Happy birthday to our favorite wrestler in the world. Happy birthday, Latino Heat. I'm wearing my I'm Your Poppy t-shirt tonight. Just because, you know, just because of the occasion. And Eddie Guerrero is one of the biggest reasons why I got into wrestling. Now, it's very interesting that I say this because... Uh, apparently, the University of Kansas' Department of Health, Sport, and Exercise Sciences released a report on why fans watch WWE. Or wrestling in general, I suppose. Because it's kind of... It's kind of synonymous at this point. Right. When you say WWE, wrestling is what you say, right? You mention WWE to people who are not wrestling fans. Or you mention wrestling to people who are not wrestling fans. And they will think WWE or WWF, whatever they last saw. And I, that's how it's synonymous. But yes, the study. Go on, please. Yeah, the study pretty much determines three key factors as to why people watch pro wrestling. And these are the th- uh, top three factors. Number one, novelty factor. So you have new storylines, new characters, or the direction of the storyline. Number two, you have the physical skill of the athletes or of the wrestlers. And number three, enjoyment of aggression through matches and non-match fighting. Now, what do you think of this? I, it's kind of weird, though, because um, I, I personally watch wrestling as a form of escapism. Um, I'm not just vicariously living... Uh, out my own dreams through the wrestlers on screen, but it's also you know escape from reality, right? When you watch, whole. and and then, and it's weird that it's not at one of the top three um, factors as to why people watch. Yeah, I, I get you. I get what you mean because I, when I was looking through the study or at least the summary, I was also looking for that word escapism, and it's very important because wrestling is a form of entertainment. And no matter what you watch on TV, whether that's reality TV, whether that's a movie, or whether that's wrestling, you watch it to escape from reality. Yeah, and not nothing against novelty because I do watch wrestling for novelty, but it's something that I would like to you know pigeonhole that in under escapism because everything new everything that's interesting within the wrestling world is uh, in a way contributing to my feelings of escapism from the world and I get that as well because when 
whatever is new in wrestling or whatever happens in wrestling can't exactly happen in real life. Like if ever it does happen in real life, it's inspired by real life, but not necessarily. Like when you watched Stone Cold Steve Austin take on Vince McMahon, you know that you can't flip off your boss in real life. You right. know you can't throw beers into the crowd in real life and face no repercussions whatsoever. And that's what makes wrestling compelling as a form of escapism. Right. One of the top uh, factors then is that uh, under novelty, it's more of figuring out or trying to figure out what the WWE or any other wrestling company will do next. The bookers, what the bookers will do next. And you only really get into that when you watch regularly and when you get a bit more smarky. Pero pagsasimula kasi, when you try to get into the act of watching wrestling, I, I guess uh, uh, my argument would be that you really are just trying to escape from something. Like when I started watching wrestling, I was bullied at that time. So I always looked at the, the underdogs like Hardcore Holly, Eddie Guerrero, you know, just overcoming the odds and fighting against the bad guy and giving them a piece of their mind. Or in, in the case of Hardcore Holly, hitting the big show with a steel chair. That was something I really wanted to do to my bullies. But I knew that if I did that in Xavier... Fuck those guys. But I, I, would get, I would get detention or worse, I would get kicked out. Exactly. And that's what we, you know, uh, it, it kind of goes back to the whole don't try this at home thing, what we were saying before. And uh, people don't really follow that warning. It's because they want to do things that they think is cool, that they see on TV and think, hey, that's, that looks really fun. Yeah. So that's why at the end of the day, like you see a study like this and you know Francine Sabina it looks legit but it's a research and they determine the factors parang may kulang and i guess it it probably comes from the perspective of no, somebody no, no. Who... it's not uh, i don't think that it's lacking on the part of the of the researchers i think it's lacking more in how the fan base nowadays watches and and consumes the product Because if they're not up there uh, if they're not ranking escapism up there it means that they're all they're, they have different priorities I don't know um, ang sa akin kasi is iba pa rin yung perspective mo as a researcher like when it comes to doing a study like this like if you come from a very uh, non-participative perspective no 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 because um, no hold on let me finish okay, uh, what, what, I, what I'm trying to say is that if you're coming from a non-participative perspective you won't really see it as a necessary means or as a necessary factor how do we know that they're not resting fans themselves I think we they don't are know. no we don't know because if they would not be doing this uh, study if they weren't at least fans of some in some way no, we're not arguing naman about whether no, no, or not no. these people are wrestling fans. What I'm saying is that, um, you know, I, I'm just taking that into consideration. Now, they might not be because it's something they never considered. No, no, I think they are. I think they are. And it's really, it's a survey. And they're not there to skew the results. Obviously. And, and it's everything, every, every figure on that study obviously comes from the fan base. The people they, they interviewed, they surveyed. And... When the results come out like that, you know it's reflective of what they think or of how the, how they perceive the product if or that's, how they perceive wrestling. Right. Well, if that's the case, and it's kind of sad. Nah, um, I guess if we're really trying to argue now, but well, I'm escapism. It's kind of sad that it's not there because it probably says something then about the people, and that's something you've already mentioned. But yeah, it goes without saying that it does say something about the people. Now, escapism is no longer something that they seem to find. You know. But yeah, but uh, again, that goes without saying. It's a small group. There's a bias. And it might be, for all I know, for all I know, they just interviewed Smarks. Because that's the results are something I think Smarks would say. Parang they're there to predict every little move the WWE might or might not make. And to me, that's really smarky. That's, that's a really smarky mindset to be in. 
but we're not trying to you know we're not trying to shit on smarks here. I mean, no, no of course not. I'm just saying. Uh, come on, um, it's hard. It it's supposed to be. Well, for me, I think I personally believe that it's supposed to be escapist entertainment. I know, as all drama, as all fiction is. And I'm not going to argue with you on that, but uh, I guess um, even sports, even sports, yeah. is non-fictional, right, is right. escapist, right, right. Everything that again, going back to what I said at the start of uh, at the start of the topic, that you know, uh, everything you see is entertainment, and entertainment is a form of escapism. Sports is entertainment. Sports is sports entertainment. Right, which makes it which makes it really really weird when they try to differentiate wrestling yeah. as a which is actually weird. as a sport. Right, people don't realize this. Like when you watch sports, you're basically trying to get entertained by the sports. Uh, you're by the sport you're watching. You know what? We're very very serious tonight on the podcast. Like it's more serious than we normally are, which is weird, especially since it's supposed to be a happy day. It's Eddie Guerrero's birthday. In my case, it's supposed to be happier. I'm supposed to have my copy of fucking NBA 2K15, which I don't because I don't have a PS4 yet. But I, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to getting mine so I can get my hands in WWE 2K15. But while we wait for that, let's try to review this list of the things we liked and didn't like on wrestling this week. This is spots and botches. All right, our list tonight consists of an even mix: five spots, five botches. Let's give you a quick rundown before we get into them one by one. First off, we have Seth Rollins embracing the main event challenge. Up next on the list. The Carmella and Enzo Amore angle. Also on tonight's list, Roman Reigns. There's a reason why we're singling him out, and it's not good. Up next, you have celebrities that the WWE is bringing in. Also on the list for tonight, the WWE's use of current top 40 hits on their video packages. Damien Sanda also makes a return on this week's spots and botches. AJ is also part of this week's list because of what she did to Emma during their match at Raw. Hey, we got some TNA. We have some TNA on the list for this week as well because of the lack of cohesion leading into Bound for Glory. Six-man tag matches. We've seen them week in and week out. They're also on the list. And the last, The Rock is on our list for tonight. Let's get to our first item on the list. Seth Rollins. He's embracing the main event challenge. You want to get into this one? Uh, yeah. Um, basically, he's not being a chicken shit heel. Well, he is... In a way, but he doesn't do it in a, in such a cowardly way that he is burying himself from the main event because it it has he has to step up. Uh, there's a vacuum up the on the top of the card, and they're doing a good job. Him and Dean Ambrose are doing a good job of stepping up and filling those roles. And in that vacuum, they they look more than ever big stars. It's really surprising to see how far they've come, especially given the fact that out of the three. We really didn't expect Seth Rollins to be the alpha dog out of the Shield alumni. We all thought, and we all knew that Roman Reigns would be the guy to get the eventual push. But lo and behold, it's Seth Rollins who turned heel. It's Seth Rollins who took advantage of the opportunity, and it's and Seth Rollins took the ball and he's running all the way with it, all the way. And it well, he's for sure going to be part of the Hell in a Cell main event. We just don't know who the other guy is going to be as of yet, but. It's really, uh, it's really um, a stamp of approval, I'd say, to have Seth Rollins be, be firmly on that main event spot. Hey, who would have thought about last year, at this time, who would have thought Seth Rollins would be main eventing Hell in a Cell of all pay-per-views? I mean, it's not one of the big four, but it's a Hell in a Cell match. For sure, for sure. And his first Hell in a Cell match. That's right. It's his first. He's main eventing it. 
good job, Seth Rollins. You know, we have to give you our stamp of approval here on the podcast. <laughs> Tiny Master does not approve, though. Next item on the list, we have something that's very, very progressive in terms of storytelling. Carmela and Enzo Amore. Yes. Uh, well, it's really not that big of a deal. But I guess, okay, if you're looking for gender equality in wrestling, um, there, there's a thing. Here's the thing. Uh, last week on NXT, they had one of those uh, video promos, video segments again, where Enzo Amore and Big Cass trained Carmella to be a, a wrestler. And it looks like she's actually better at it than Enzo is. Right. And of course, it's just play acting. But she is made to look like she can take Enzo, a guy, on. And that's, uh, that, that's equality. Right. That is equality. When's the last time we've seen that happen? Beth Phoenix. Right. Karma. But, well, well, well. We don't see a lot of it these yeah, days. That's the thing. We don't see a lot of it nowadays. Especially since you have someone like Tyson Kidd and Natalia. You have their storyline mm-hmm. where you know, Natalia is made to play the subservient wife. Whatever. Not the one the subservient wife because she gets to do her own thing. But the, I don't mean, the, the power struggle is still there. And uh, Tyson Kidd is still imposing his patriarchy on the marriage. And his masculinity you know, all, all over the I relationship. Said. Right, it's the same thing. I, I geez, geez, why do you have to keep throwing shit at me? I don't understand this. I don't Hashtag fucking understand this. That's what you need to understand. Hashtag heel row. I'm going to fucking turn off your mic one of these <laughs> days, buddy. You're not going to be able to say shit. I'm going to fucking hijack this shit. Anyway, Carmelo, Carmelo and Enzo Amore. Much worse show. No, no, no. If he does that, if he does that. You don't understand. You, you, you don't seem to understand a lot of things in this business. And it will be a much worse show. Carmelo and Enzo a spot on the list. All right, let's talk about this next item on the list. You've been waiting for this. I've been waiting to take a shit on Roman Reigns for quite some time. <laughs> well, have we already done that before? Yes, but we can do <laughs> yes, it again uh, this week because of what back. we saw. He's back with a logo, with an interview, and it sucked. Big time. Can we, can we go real quick into the logo first? It looks like, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's uh, two R's imposed back-to-back. That's a monogram of two R's. opposites. Right, and it kind of looks like the love child, the ugly love child of the Spider-Man logo on Spider-Man's chest and the old Hardy Boys logo. And I think you're not the first person to say that. Like, I think it's a general opinion among the I, I IWC. Know, I, I haven't, I haven't really seen any opinions on the internet about the logo. I'm just saying that he doesn't really need, or well, he maybe he does need a logo. I but... mean, if they're trying to push the guy to be the next or to be the number two face next to John Cena, I guess he kind of needs the logo. I get that point. Batista had the logo there, but when they pushed him as the number two yeah, face. Okay. Maybe everyone has a logo, but uh, yeah. Poor choice of logo. logo. No, not the one poor choice. I just think it doesn't fit him. There's something about it that doesn't fit him. I think it looks more fitting for someone like Seth Rollins. I was about to say that. Because if you look at the logo, I'm trying to imagine right now. I'm not looking at it right now, but it looks something something snarky. If not snarky, it, it, looks, it, it tries to be sleek. And Roman Reigns is anything but sleek. He's brute force. He's raw power. So we want to have a chunkier logo in terms of visuals instead of something that tries to pretend to be all techy and sleek and whatnot. You know what he is? What? He's got a hair trigger. You know what? Roman Reigns needs he needs a new catchphrase. He needs the he needs a new promo. He needs a new promo writer. He needs someone to just write better stuff for him. He needs to rehab his entire self. Anyway, going into the interview, uh, not an interview, but a promo he cut uh, live via satellite, which is actually ironic considering what happened later that night. <laughs> live via satellite, it was terrible. I don't, I don't know what to make of it. It's just 
normally Reigns has a hard time cutting a promo in the ring in, in front of a live crowd. But now he's, I don't know, maybe he's backstage. Maybe he filmed the promo before the show went on. I'm not sure, and I don't really care that much to get into the details. But it should have been more comfortable for him to cut that promo in front of a camera. You know what I felt about that uh, about that promo is I felt it was a waste of time. Like they could have made better use of that time, better use of that segment. If not for Roman Reigns and somebody else, they could have made Roman Reigns more relevant. Instead, they wasted two three minutes of him just rambling on and him kind of forgetting his lines, forgetting his words back then. Oh yeah, yeah. He got to have the right attitude and a positive attitude. Anyway, which is basically but, the same thing. Exactly. And no, no. Here's the thing. Uh, if you would remember the old Shield backstage promos that were filmed. But it was you think it was good, so simple, so good in its simplicity. But the thing about that is Roman Reigns is also acting like the hot tag guy in the promos. If you notice, if you remember the six-man tag matches Roman Reigns was involved in, he would only come in to do his five moves of doom. But when he was doing those promos with Ambrose and with Rollins, like he would just come in to punctuate what the Shield had to say or what Seth and Dean had to say. I know. I think that that's what he had to do at with this promo. That. He didn't have to go into exposition. That he didn't have to ramble on. He just should have just kept it short, short and sweet. Like, hey, Brooklyn, I'm coming back soon. Believe that. Yeah, and, and he that could, be a much better promo. He couldn't even do the believe that properly. Exactly. Like, I felt what like the hell? I felt like he wasn't believing in believe that when he said it, and that that's a shame. That's a crying shame uh, for someone whose character is supposed, supposed to ooze of machismo and confidence. That would, that would have been the greatest troll move, Kase, that uh, we're hyping this interview, this, this segment, Roman Reigns speaks after his injury, after his surgery, and then he just comes in and says those six words. That would have been a great moment. But, oh, God, this guy is badass again. Maybe, if not in the ring, on the mic. But, yeah, um, you know... I guess uh, what we expected was something that WWE could not deliver. It was something no, no, Roman the, couldn't deliver. Not WWE, just Roman. I think Damn it, Joe! Damn it, Joe. But anyway, on the topic, Pala, would you like to see him have a makeover of his, of his identity? Of course, because I feel like Shane Kawawai. I mean, like he got the broken scraps of what the Shield had. He had the he had the crappy remix of the theme song. No, I don't care. He's still it, in the riot gear, which is fine. That that, that thing is it. It still makes him stand out. I think it makes him look badass. That's I don't know. I think otherwise. But I, no, no, I no. really think otherwise. No, at, after the after the Shield split, it it was still a good thing. Why but now? No, because it was also the Shield riot gear gimmick is awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome when you come out from the crowd. It's awesome when you wear your riot gear. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I think you're feeling this way because he ruined it because he's exposed himself, all his weaknesses for the world to see. If he was still good enough, if he was actually as good as WWE thinks he is... Then okay, lang say yung ano yung gimmick na yun. All right, if you're gonna let me finish my point, no, I'm trying to. Point. I, I'm no, I I do have a fucking point. My fucking point is they're all trying to establish their individual no, identities. I'm Dean saying... and Seth have carved out their own selves. They've carved out their own identities. See, Roman Reigns, parang he's just an extension of that Shield no, here's, gimmick. Here's what I'm right saying now, because right well, now, yeah, right now, I'm saying yeah, that if he were good enough, you would be okay with it, and that's what we all think, what we all thought. After Shield broke up, it's okay now to say that Rollins is okay doing his own thing because he's good at it and he needed it because he can't be the Shield guy forever after turning heel on them. And Ambrose has always been that kind of guy, 
And again, he's good at what he's doing now, which is why you like his gimmick now. And with Reigns, okay lang sana eh. It's still badass to right gear, the police gear, the, the SWAT uh, entrance, whatever, whatever have you. The whole uh, references to firearms. It's okay. See, I'm taking exception though to the fact that it's very condescending on your end to assume that we all think the same way and to assume that just because this is how we reacted given a hypothetical change in the scenario, we're going to react the exact same way. Oh, yeah. I, I get it that it's not very becoming of a decent person to assume what one is thinking. And Lord knows I have been accused of that many times. But I'm going to tell you, here are the facts. Uh, right after the shield split up or when that heel turn happened, people were excited for all the good things, good possibilities that would come from this uh, particular development. All right. And here's the thing. People at that point were still high on Roman Reigns. Because of what he could do and the energy he just brought to matches as a S.H.I.E.L.D. member. Hell, the snarky portion of the IWC was extra high on Roman Reigns. Exactly. See, even they were high on Roman Reigns. And at that point, nobody was calling for Reigns. It was, if they were, it was not something that was higher in their priority list. That nobody was really calling for Reigns to have his own gimmick. If anything... In a way, bagay sa kanya yung, ano, yung extension of the shield, of being the one-man shield. Because, well, he was the guy who is pretty much silent rage. He was the guy who needed few words. He was the muscle, the heavy artillery. And, well, Dean and Seth were doing the talking. And it was okay for him. It was not really a big concern. It was only a concern when he was getting his push. He was in the middle of a hot singles run for some reason left Ambrose high and dry to fend for himself, that's when people saw the weaknesses. That, that's when he was exposing himself. Because at the end of the day, the big problem with Roman Reigns is the one thing that he's actually good at is his look. The only thing that's working for Roman Reigns right now is his look. And the- that is, as people can see now, is failing. Right, because there isn't one particular particular skill he actually excels in. Like, he doesn't excel as a talker. He doesn't excel in the ring. Clearly, he needs a makeover in, in whatever skill he needs to improve on for people to get behind him again. Yeah, and again, as I was saying, it's, it wasn't that big of a deal if it was a deal when the Shield split up. That's what I'm saying now. I'm sorry if I ever assumed you, what you were thinking, but that's what I saw. That's what I saw from my... Uh, friends who are wrestling fans online. Uh, you know, I'm very embedded in the online... Well, fine, fine, I'm going to admit it now. I'm embedded in the internet wrestling community. And, you, you know, there's no shame in admitting that you're embedded in the IWC. Oh, oh, trust me, there is some shame. There is some shame. If there is some shame, then that's for you to fucking get over, right? Let's move on then to the next topic on our list for spots and botches. This one's another botch, and I have a problem with this because of the, the celebrities and the personalities that WWE is bringing in. Who the fuck are Hoda and Kathy Lee? I, I, I didn't know who they were until I Googled them right as I was watching Raw. Who the fuck is Nene Leaks? I don't know these people. I don't care about these people. I would care if Nene Hilario appeared on Raw. But I don't care about Nene yeah, Leaks yeah. and Hoda and Kathy Lee. Here's the thing. Here's the, thing. Um, the, the problem with the WWE is, okay, Vince likes uh, mainstream attention. It's his one of his wet dreams. Sure. But the thing is, you got to, you know, compromise in the middle. If you want mainstream attention, at least do it with guys who are within the Venn diagram of people the WWE Universe would care about. 
there's a reason why Hugh Jackman really clicked in 2011 because when he, he was came in. Really happy to be there. He was having fun. You could see he was having fun. Or someone like Wayne Brady. Right, right. Or I don't know. Hell, it, it was fun when they had the Muppets there. Yeah, well, you can't really tell what emotions they have since they're puppets. But, but people <laughs> cared about the Muppets. Here's yeah, the well, thing: they didn't half-ass, half-ass, half the Muppet uh, appearance. Right. I, I mean, you, you know, people like Seamus enjoyed, you know, giving a bro kick to one of the one of the Muppets. It was fun. But to have Hoda and Kathy Lee and in the wrong place, but of all places, they had to bring them in in a city like Brooklyn, in New York, where people are extra snarky. It was really a bad idea. You know, really, really bad combination of pe- of ladies who weren't really into the wrestling product plus a really extra snarky crowd. There you go. Um, I don't know what they were thinking there. Was it something that was forced on them? Was it something that they really, really had to do here? We'll never know, I guess. And I don't know how Nene Leaks is going to be. I mean, we're going to have to tune into Raw to find out how she's going to be. But I'm going to fast forward through that segment unless they got someone like Jimmy Kimmel or Conan O'Brien to take her place. Actually, uh, those guys would be really happy to be there. And, you know, it would seem like it would be fun because they would be people that the WWE Universe, at least the, the older generation of the WWE Universe, would appreciate. Hey, hey, Vince, here's a tip. Stephen Amell from Arrow, he's interested in getting on Raw. So there's that. You're welcome. Next item on the list, top 40 songs being used in WWE video packages. Now, it's happened before, but I like how current they've, uh, they've been over the last few months, I guess, with the types of songs they've been using. They used Superheroes by the script in the Susan G. Komen video package. They used Centuries, that new single by Fallout Boy, on the SmackDown XV anniversary show. I appreciated that because I loved SmackDown uh, when I first started watching wrestling, and you know, centuries being a song about uh, you have to remember me because you know, um, you know, I'm gonna make an impact. Uh, you know, like a fun fact: centuries is actually about the city of Chicago. Just, just putting it out there. Mm, really, it's I did a, not know this. Now I'm interested. It's a very, very fun song, and I know you like your Chicago, so yeah, it, it's it is worth a listen. And it's just the type of song that you could actually put in any hype package. Hell, it actually could fit in with a with a Kendrick Lamar verse in the middle or something. I'm just putting it out there. Uh, actually, well, now I'm really hyped for this the 15th anniversary of SmackDown. I hope that that's not uh, another garbage episode. God, I hope not. I mean, Edge and Christian went out of their way to actually promote it as a team, as adults portraying their young adult shtick. That so, was Edge and Christian? I thought it was the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Sobra ka naman. Come on, it was ENC! I know, I know, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Five I, seconds I, of awesomeness. I, I, I just have to say that it's kind of jarring to see these two old guys do their gimmick from back when they were young, really, really young. I didn't think it was jarring. I no, thought no, it was, no, but, it was know, nice. Na, you know, it was nostalgic. Made it me was smile. nostalgic, but <laughs> it, you can see that they're, they're old. Yeah, they're, they're, they're beat up. They're not spring chickens. Obviously, yeah, but you know, they had to do what they had to do. It's like your dads doing what they did back when they were younger or trying to do what you're doing now. Hey, Christian, we can't blame you. Keep getting them (laughs) checks. It's like, thank you, Camus. It's like your dad's trying to smoke weed. Right, right. Thank you so much, though, Edge and Christian. Keep getting them checks, yeah? Okay. It was a good appearance by them. Um, Again, as you said, the nostalgia factor did well for them. All right, uh, next item on the list. We got to talk about this guy because this guy is really putting himself over right now. Damien Sandow and his mimicry of The Miz deserves one big spot on this week's Spots and Botches. I think it's officially now Damien Mizdow. I think, I think there is no turning back from Damien Mizdow at Fine. this point. Fine. Let's until, call it. Until such time that they break up. And it will happen. Yeah, it's, it, gonna happen. it's most probably going to happen because all tag teams are meant to split up. 
I'd like for this actually to happen at next WrestleMania. I wow, think, I think, this no, far ahead. Actually, no, it, it's it's the right time because I think any further than that, we people might start getting tired of it. What's nice though is at least Miz and Miz Dow have a gimmick and have a storyline that people will actually care about. Uh, you should look at the Sandow cam, and this is something we uploaded on the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash smart gilas Pilipinas. We put this, uh, they, they posted this video of Damon Sandow where the camera was just focused on Miz Dow, him just imitating Miz's moves and him actually trying to get the crowd support with a hand behind his back. It's actually pretty good. Give this man a fucking raise because. He's getting himself and Mizanin over. You know what? People are caring about Miz. People are caring about Miz now. It wasn't too long ago when you and I kept shitting on Sandow by giving you the Damien Sandow weekly update on the podcast. I think that it's safe to say that we are no longer doing the Damien Sandow update because he has finally found something that really, really works for him. It, it is working, and it's a far cry from being the intellectual savior of the unwashed mashes. But the thing is, we care. I care, and this is money. Mm-hmm. Um, one, again, uh, one day, Miz is going to turn on Sandow for, I don't know, losing too much maybe. And it's going to be gold. It's going to be a nuclear feud if they do it at the right time. Again, mm-hmm. Sandow by WrestleMania season. You know, this does sound familiar. This will sound like Miz versus Alex Riley version 2.0. Yeah, but Alex Riley was not as entertaining as Damien Sandow. And yeah, that's the thing. Now that Sandow is so over, I think they're going to do both him and Miz a favor when Miz turns on Sandow. And not the other way around because, you know, Sandow is so sympathetic. But Miz is such a smarmy heel. Heel enough to to actually get himself over as a heel and and Sanda over as a face even more. And at the end of the day, we've already seen Miz as a face. It doesn't work. Like, we don't buy it because he's not as sympathetic of a figure as, let's say, Sandow. He's a douchebag, plain and simple. Miz is a douchebag. And we can see that. We see through it. Next item on the list. Speaking of douchebags, what about that douchebag move AJ pulled on Emma on Raw? Oh, and what the hell was that? I thought the heels were on the other side of the ring. It was AJ and Emma versus Paige and Alicia Fox. AJ and Emma were tagging together, and in the middle of the match, AJ feels like this match is too, you know, too, too stupid for her. She leaves the ring. She leaves the arena. This is weird. Is it, now what? Am I supposed to cheer for AJ now for being, what, doing the same thing Punk did? Thank pretty you for much. bringing that up. I don't know. I, I don't get it. I don't get why they did it. Is this going to enter Emma into the championship picture? Are Emma and AJ going to feud now? I love Utalaga, but I wouldn't mind an AJ versus Emma feud because Emma is actually good. But now at this point, I don't know what to feel about AJ. And that's not good when you're trying to push her as a face, as a top face diva. And when, when you're trying to champion. face her as a credible champion, like what kind of champion, what kind of good guy champion walks out on their partner? Yeah. So what is she now? Is she a good guy or what? Is she a tweener? Is she just playing crazy? I don't know what's going on. And that's not good because you need to be consistent in your characterization. Yeah, that's, it's just nuts. It's crazy in all the wrong ways. Next item on the list, Bound for Glory. It's happening this Sunday. And I didn't know. I mean, I knew it because I've been watching TNA lately, but I wasn't reminded of it. It's the- just weird. But I'm... Okay, here's the thing with TNA and their special episodes and their pay-per-view events. It's just really disjointed, really, really disjointed. Uh, for example, they do a really terrible job of marketing their special episodes. Because, uh, again, if, if you didn't know already, uh, TNA 
overhauled their pay-per-view calendar. Their old pay-per-views are now special episodes of Impact Wrestling. And yun, um, they just go month to month um, holding nothing but TV shows. And once every month is a special episode. Kunyari, uh, the last special episode was No Surrender. It used to be an old TNA pay-per-view. And before that was um, Hardcore Justice, which was another TNA pay-per-view back then. And they do a really job... Uh, and they do a really bad job of going from one pay-per-view to another. Because they kind of don't build up their storylines to go from point A to point B. What, the, what happens is the storylines, the feuds, go from point A and stop somewhere in the middle. And then they start a new storyline... And that gets them to point B. Look, I'm going to admit that I'm a TNA casual. Like, I, I don't follow it as closely, obviously, as I, I do WWE. So, But I knew that Bound for Glory was to be held this month. I but knew. When it, did you know it? When, did you, when were you reminded of it? I was reminded this morning on Twitter. Like, exactly. I saw the, I saw the uh, photo, the poster of the Bound for Glory po- you didn't, uh, of Bound like, for Glory. For example, you didn't wake up um, every day of this week thinking that. Shit, Bound for Glory is happening this Sunday. Right, like we, not like when you oh, sorry, when you when you try to wait for a WWE pay per view, like oh, puta night of champions is Sunday, right? Yeah, or or, or WrestleMania. Say, uh, Bound for Glory is a TNA version of WrestleMania. And right, and a, not not everybody knows that. that. I have a problem with that because I always thought it was Slammiversary because I'm a TNA casual, but I know these names. I know Hardcore Justice is a pay per view. I know No Surrender is a pay per view, but I always thought the Slammiversary because of the way it sounds. Exactly. Now you knew WrestleMania and TNA, right, 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 it was bound right. for glory. I had a I had a comment about this uh, uh, way back when, um, because uh, I had the same problem actually, and it doesn't uh, add to a prestige when the biggest event of the TNA calendar isn't numbered. Right, right, and, and they it's, count Slammiversary, the yeah, and they count Slammiversary, and for, they count WrestleMania and Bound for Glory. They just don't count. They just refer to to the year. Right, it, it's supposed to like add gravitas to the card. If you say now this is the tenth bound for glory, or or you and know WrestleMania like, thirty. Imagine know? like calling WrestleMania thirty WrestleMania twenty fourteen. Well, they weird. tried that, but WrestleMania two thousand, the seventeenth no, no. one. Well, because it was two thousand was a big year, but no, seventeen was X seven, wasn't it? No, may, may WrestleMania two thousand sila. WrestleMania 16 yeah, like WrestleMania 16. My but, bad, my bad. But but still, they it was called a, it WrestleMania two thousand. It was a big 2000. year, and they weren't doing it uh, after. Right, right. But yeah, uh, the point is, if it was such a big deal, a big fucking deal, then you knew WrestleMania of, of TNA, why call it Bound for Glory without now, even numbering it? The bigger problem here with the TNA storytelling is that nothing really um, builds up to the pay-per-view event. What they're really building up um, usually is the next episode of Impact, but not the, not the pay-per-view. Just my two cents. I think though it's supposed to like create some buzz because we know that the TV deal has gone south. Right. So, parang I think this is their way of like compensating for that, at least in the short term. This is me speaking from a casual no, point no, of no. view. No, no, no. Well, well, okay, maybe that's what you um, think. Observe. Of it. Yeah, observe. But um, I'd like to think, na, from my observation, Bound for Glory is in Japan, right? Yeah. And it seems to me as an international house show. An international house show, yeah. See, I, w- I can't blame you. First of all, they've been promoting the shows by announcing them, announcing the matches on Twitter, I think, or on the website, but so not on TV. Right. Because they tape the TV shows well in advance. And that's, and that's why it's kind of self-contained that they only promote the next episode of Impact or the next two episodes of Impact. 
and nothing really is building up to Bound for Glory. That's that's the worst thing ever. They they, they air promo spots for Bound for Glory, but not you know at Bound for Glory we'll be having full metal mayhem between the Hardys, uh, Team 3D, and the Wolves. That's not that's not happening. It's not happening yeah, for for a lot of reasons, and that's why that's why TNA storytelling as a whole, as we can see, with a general lack of cohesion and promotion leading into Bound for Glory. Oh, by is the a way, botch. by the way, sorry. By the way, Full Metal Mayhem happened this week, not on the pay per view. The big tag team championship match happened on a random episode of Impact, not on the International Japan House Show. All right, I'm watching Impact this week. I want to see that. Jesus. Right. Uh, speaking of tag matches. Our second to the last item on this list is another six-man tag team match. Wow. Totally new. Totally fresh. Uh, here's another thing I'd like to get into. We have a paradox here. Uh, created now, do by, explain. By the six-man tag booking. Uh, I want to ask you. Fine. When you saw that it was going to be a six-man tag match, what did you do? I fast-forwarded it. Honestly, Why? I did. Why did you fast-forward it? Because it was going to be the same thing again with Sheamus just being replaced by Dolph Ziggler. But did you know or did you think that it was going to be a good match? I knew it was going to be a good match. I didn't think it was. Well, I knew it was going to be a good match. Let me tell you something, brother. Jesus. I saw that match and it was good. No doubt because uh, all six men can work. And we, work we expect that of off. them. And well, they're just doing what they're told to do. Right? Okay. Yeah. But uh, what can you really do, right? If the boss tells you to work a six-man tag match for the nth time in a month, then you have to do that. And they do a good job of leaving it all in the ring. So at this point, if you're the live crowd, you kind of, it's kind of hard to not get in the zone, in the moment of that good match. Right. I, and you have to react to them because, um, you know, but that's what they're there to do. But that's their job. And, you know, I, I saw the finish. I saw that triple super kick. I marked out for that. Right, exactly. And that's why they keep running it. These six-man tag matches, because they're good. They're they're good action. They're really exciting action. And I'm not gonna take that away from all six men involved. But the only way, and here's the paradox: the only way for them to stop doing this is for us to stop reacting to the match, or in our case, for us to keep fast-forwarding through that match. Well, you can't say the same for the live audience, because they're just there to be entertained. Right, so yeah, I, I kind of get where you're coming from. It's a paradox. You know, at the end of the day, somebody has to like some somebody has to give. But what do you do? Do you do you not cheer for the good action that's happening right in front of you just because you want to stop uh, the Vince McMahon from booking this match every week, or do you just you know be a fan? Hypothetically speaking, what if they just shit on the match by booing all throughout? But, uh, they, the wrestlers don't deserve that. They're just doing their jobs. Yeah, but see, the worst thing you can do. It's to not react, right? Just complete silence. But if you boo it, you still react. But you, uh, you also convey your displeasure. But it's the wrong reaction. Exactly. You know, it's the wrong reaction. So, you know, from the back, if I'm Vince McMahon, I'd be like, something's wrong. Why are they booing the Usos? Why are they booing Dolph Ziggler? But it's, at this point, yeah, I know it's hypothetical, but it's counterintuitive that you would boo such a good match. Hmm. You, that only happens for Cena. <laughs> Shit. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to think of something here. I'm just you would to have think to of... be utterly despicable, like Cena is, or you, or as a happen. crowd, you'd have to be utterly despicable towards these guys who exactly. don't deserve and, it. And New York is despicable. Oh to yeah, be honest we, with you. no, we saw that. But, we definitely but, saw that. Yeah, and that's a paradox. What do you do? Someone, if Vince won't give, who's gonna give? It can't be the crowd either. Because it's just something wrong if you if you boo a match like that in person live. 
I think at the end of the day, Vince is the boss. So tayo, you know, we're just paying the guy, you know? We're paying the guy, but he's still the boss. Like, he still dictates what we're going to see at the end of the day. Where does that leave us? Sayang lang. Kasi, well, again, the wrestlers in the match do work their asses off. And they deserve better than that. They yeah, do. But, they do. They do. And, uh, you know, we'll just well, leave it at that because at the end of the day, it's a paradox. Last item on the list, The Rock. Finally, The Rock has come back to Monday Night Raw. He was actually there, live, and not via satellite. <laughs> Unlike his cousin. Well, you have to appreciate that he was actually there, but I think it was really just a perfect storm of circumstances. That's that true. Rocky was there. He was in New York for, for Baywatch, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> or he was there for was, business. No, 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 no. He was just there for business. Because Why would you film Baywatch in New York? I don't know, man. <laughs> But he was there for business, and WWE happened to be there holding a show, and they just happened to make it work. And he entered into Rusev and Lana's segment. And, well, he didn't let Rusev get the upper hand on him. But I think it's uh, evidence that The Rock, the Great One, feels that Rusev and Lana are worthy of his time. Right, and they got a good rub out of it. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing for Rusev and Lana, especially because, you know, um, they, they do need it. And one good thing that came out from this segment is I don't know whether uh, it was planned by creative or it was all Rocky. And I'm guessing it's all Rocky because uh, no, I don't think anyone that's him, uh, anyone is allowed to script for him. But he did this really subtle thing. He undid the racism that goes into the writing, the characterization of Lana and Rusev and whoever is fighting them at any given time. What he said basically was, they're not booing you because you're Russian. They're booing you because you're assholes. And that's the thing. That's finally something sensible about race, about ethnicity, about foreign politics, about society. Thank you, Rock. It's about damn time somebody actually said it that way. Yeah. Nobody's, nobody said it that way. Everyone's been saying it within the context of defending America, defending America's honor. But in, in the case of The Rock, he just laid it out point blank. Kupal kayo. Kaya namin kayo ayaw. Kasi kupal kayo. Exactly. And, well, again, uh, the Russians have been attacking America. Right. But, again, it looks badly. It reflects badly on the crowd if you're booing them because they're Russian. But, which I hope isn't the case. Honestly, again, I'm not trying to assume anything, but I hope it isn't the case. But yeah, at the end of the day, it was an electrifying promo from the great one. Good rub on Rusev and Lana and, you know, dick jokes and Lana jokes aside. It was a great appearance from The Rock. Something that was a rare good thing in an overall, in, in a bad episode of Raw overall. And I think that's the best use of The Rock nowadays. Because, um, again, he's from a time that is different, that is less politically correct. And any more, had he stayed there anymore, we would have gotten Titans or somebody would have gotten in trouble. For sure. And uh, that's going to do it then. That's going to round up our list of these things in wrestling we liked and didn't like this week. We call this list Spots and Botches. Okay, so we got a brand new segment coming up for you. And it seems like we have brand new segments every month. Well, that's how creative we are, actually. More creative than WWE Creative, who cannot seem to stop recycling their shit. Hashtag hire us. Anyway, uh, yeah, so we follow this uh, website on the internet, obviously, where else? We follow this wrestling website. They're called Kayfabe News. And they're not actually news, but they're actually a satirical wrestling site. 
that does satirical wrestling news articles. And they are so funny. I don't know who the people are behind this website, but they are so funny and they're so clever that they always make me think, why didn't I think of this? This is so hilarious. I could have thought of that and I did not. And there's something every day, it seems, that gets our attention. And since we only... uh, we're only able to bring you the podcast once a week. We'd like to introduce this next segment that picks out the best kayfabe news article every week. And we'd like to call this article Breaking Kayfabe News. <clears throat> Excuse me, Bo. Mentally unstable professional wrestler Dean Ambrose, not fully grasping why his WWE colleagues are wearing pink through the month of October, proudly stated today that he supports breast awareness. Possibly due to his tenuous grasp on sanity, Ambrose seems not to realize that WWE has partnered with the Susan G. Komen Foundation in order to raise awareness about breast cancer, not simply breasts in general. I'm a longtime advocate for breasts, Ambrose said today, and I will happily support them any way I can, end quote. Ambrose, who earned the unfortunate nickname Titty Master several months ago after reportedly scrawling the word titty on his wrist tape as a sign of his ongoing mammary-related activism, has vowed to wear pink t-shirts and dine exclusively at Hooters through the month of October. When former S.H.I.E.L.D. teammate Seth Rollins attempted to explain to Ambrose that WWE's month-long campaign is about breast cancer, not just breasts, Ambrose hit Rollins in the face with hot dog and dashed away, laughing maniacally. Jerry Lawler, meanwhile, is looking forward to WWE's upcoming partnership this December with the ASPCA for Puppy Awareness Month. Back to you, Ro. Thanks, Dan. And that was Breaking Kayfabe News. Here on the SGP Podcast, you know very well by now that our advocacy is to educate and to inform. And that's why we've got a segment where we try to educate you on some of the words, some of the lingo that we've been known to use on the podcast. And not just us, but people part of the IWC. This segment is the Word of the Week. Our Word of the Week is Barry. Ah, Barry. A very, very uh, maligned word. Yeah, we hear that a lot. We see that a lot on social media whenever somebody loses a match. Because um, it's easy to use, uh, actually. If you think about it, it's easy to use. Um, The connotations are there, are simple. Every time someone looks bad, you think, or people think, that that person is being buried. Like, I've gone through this. I work in radio, and I remember a time when I got paired up with somebody who wasn't exactly... Worthy of a spot yet in the business. Mm, Yeah, and I I would always tell Ro, bro, I got buried. I'm being buried by my partner. She's sandbagging me and I feel buried. And that's not what it means. But okay, that's before we before we deconstruct the the malappropriation here. Sorry. Sorry. Before we deconstruct the malapropism of bury, we must define what burial really is. In the wrestling world, in wrestling parlance, when someone is buried, their status is lowered down. It means that they are made to look bad so badly <laughs> that they it's going to be very, very difficult for them to, to, to redeem themselves. Basically. Their credibility is basically shat on. Yeah, without any chance of redemption. Right, so that's what it means to bury someone. Now, a lot of people, like we've already mentioned at the start of the segment, that people use bury a lot. And an example of bury being used 
wrongly is when Daniel Bryan had his feud with John Cena and Randy Orton in 2013. And as you all know, as you all know, Bryan uh, lost a lot. He did. He in those matches. He got beat by Randy Orton when Orton cashed in. He got beat by Orton when Rand, uh, when Daniel Bryan's title was this uh, was uh, forfeited from him by the authority, and Daniel Bryan lost again in Hell in a Cell. Every time Daniel Bryan had a setback, people were so quick to say he's being buried by Triple H and whoever's running the shit backstage. Right, but that's not necessarily the case because now connecting the dots, looking back, as Steve Jobs would say when you know he was still alive. We could see that it all paid off when he won the title at WrestleMania. It was a setup because it was an odyssey that Daniel Bryan went through. And when he finally achieved that moment of, glo- moment of glory, all of us were like, yes, motherfucking yes. We were all crying tears of joy. We loved it. We were happy. We were all hugging each other even though we didn't know each other. Right. So if, well, for Barry to be used properly in that context, what needed to have happened was that, let's say, Randy Orton would you know, dominate Daniel Bryan without even a hint of offense on Daniel Bryan's part. And Randy Orton would have to no-sell Daniel Bryan's Exactly. Moves. That's burial. That is burial. So let's give a proper example of the use of bury. Right. Uh, I think the latest example, I mean, not the one the latest, but the most uh, striking example of bury would be Zack Ryder. Woo, woo, woo. You know it. You blow it as well. Yeah, Zack Ryder was buried. Uh, he... he pretty much got himself over on social media, if you recall, with his YouTube show, Long Island Ice Z, with his presence on social media. And when he finally won the U.S. Championship, that's when it started to go poorly for Zack Ryder. He lost it, what, after two or three weeks to Jack Swagger, and after that, he became a prop in the John Cena, Kane, Eve storyline. Yeah, he really had nothing. He he got kayfabe injured, got slid off the stage on a wheelchair and everything. And he never had that chance to get back. And he even, uh, you know, got humiliated by Eve Torres on WrestleMania. Right. Eve kicked him in the balls and slapped him and turned on him. And he was never given a chance to redeem himself after that. And that's why now he's a, he's a, he's a jobber. And... Uh, yeah, that, Zack that Ryder pretty much got buried. He he got himself over to the point of being able to credibly win the U.S. Championship, and they halted that momentum completely. That is burial, and that's why. And there you go. That's Barry, and that is our word, word of, of the, the week. week. This is the moment you've been waiting for. Our exclusive interview here on the SD podcast with the one and only Mayhem Branigan. Mayhem, welcome to the SGP podcast. Hey, what's going on, guys? Man, it's just it's just an honor, our privilege, of course, to be your first interview since being released from Makati Central Police Station. And being banned for life? Is it for life? I think it might be, might as well be, from PWR. Yeah, sucks. We want to get your reaction, obviously. We want to know first and foremost, dude, nasan ka when this announcement came out? Um, about the concussion, the release? Everything. I mean, Everything. you, you yeah. finding out you were banned, you finding out that PWR didn't want you anymore. Where were you when it happened? I was getting um, punched in. They were doing their um, little um, cop papers and shit. Wait, this is and at Makati Central? Yeah, yeah. They were doing their cop papers and shit, and then I got a phone call, a text message, and then a phone call because I couldn't reply because they wouldn't let me fucking touch my phone. They thought it was urgent, so they let me take the call. And um, it was Mr. Hong Kong himself. William Melvin. Then he broke the news to me. And I was too pissed off to give a fuck, as usual. So I just let him do what he thought he had to do. 
So there were no words between you and William Melvin. Like you couldn't even get a reaction. You couldn't even tell him, you know, put the man in his place or whatever. No, because you can't put that man in his place. Because the last time I tried to do that, the dude fucking packed his bags and flew to Hong Kong. So there's history between William Melvin and Mayhem Brannigan. Yeah, definitely. He's going to be history the next time I see him. You know, this is new to us because especially for those who were, uh, who were at Renaissance, William Melvin wasn't there physically, but we felt his presence right then and there. And I had to hear from Mayhem Brannigan himself that there is some lingering tension between you and William Melvin. Where did this all begin? Um, at Revolution now, of course, you know, I was trying to fight Brian Leo fair and square, as I usually do, you know, doing what's right. And uh, this dude keeps trying to get in my face and shit. Like, if, if I would get choked and stuff, he'd be right there trying to kiss me and shit, you know. And at one point in the match, I walked out of the ring. I swung my bat at him. Uh-huh. Leo caught it. And then before I, before I knew it, like, Draven Sloan was there. Robin Sane was there. But before they could do anything drastic, not, not as if they could anyways, you know, a bunch of pussies. Um, Bombay and uh, Mike Vargas came for the save, so shouts out to you guys. I still appreciate that, you know. And uh, yeah, the rest is history. Wow, crazy stuff. Is that is this why Brian Leo is so has so much angst against you? I don't know. That that dude is just he's he's just a really mad guy, man. He's mad. That dude has issues, man. Yeah, he does. He's, he's, he's mad he does, about a whole he, lot of stuff. He hates you most of all. Oh, for I, some that, that's what, I feel special, you know. <laughs> that's that's nice. That's nice. What do you have? What do you, what words would you have for Mr. Leo? Um, I don't really have words, but I have fists. I have elbows. I have knees. I have calves. I have about off the top of my head three hundred holds. I have an aluminum bat, and a few other things in the bag. I won't let him know because he might throw his cronies on me again or might call the cops on me again. Yeah. For, for the newcomers of the SGP podcast, especially those who are hearing Mayhem Brannigan for the first time, they might be wondering, where is this anger coming from? And first and foremost, who the hell is Mayhem Brannigan? And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to ask this as respectfully as possible. Mayhem, can you please tell our listeners about yourself? Well, I've always been an observer. Not really a lurker, but I've observed everything in this world and as i grew older i just realized how violent disgusting things are run by this system that people see as safe like the system they live their lives by and they see it's safe like go to school get a job get married and die like they they eliminate everything in between that i'm not saying live for the moment but sometimes you gotta live for something else outside of the system and it's always disgusted me. I never understood how people could base their lives off of this skeletal system built by someone they probably don't even know. And even if they knew, they probably couldn't grasp it because they've been in school for too long reading a fucking book by a guy they don't have any background on other than a fucking Wikipedia page. Wow, that's, that's a lot of angst. Like so much angst and we're not even five minutes into the interview yet. Where is this angst coming yeah, yeah. from? I'd like to know where this where this angst is coming from. Is there a specific time in your life, a specific incident in your life that made you look at things this way? My entire life. Like your entire yeah. Whole thing. Mhm. I I have no words. Like I don't know where'd you come from. Like uh, what what kind of family upbringing do you have? If, What's your background? Well, if we may ask. Yeah, if oh, we may yeah. ask. No, I, I came from a really um, tight-knit family. 
middle class really I was I was brought up well like some people don't think I do or they don't like to think that but it just so happens that I grew up with balls unlike other people and I say what I want to say and I do what I want to do and here's another thing the things that I do want to say and do want to do are what's right in this world it's only for what's right and I'm not saying it's for your own good wink wink royal flush but it is what's right in this world in general you know mayhem I've only seen you twice in person but I can tell right off the bat you're a fighter and you've got a lot of you've got this fighter instinct in you you seem like the type to never back down where do you draw this from like where do you where do you get this drive to just keep on fighting and scrapping um you know how you would like as a kid watch cartoons and like the the universe in cartoons seemed like such a peaceful place right like no problems at all you know aside from like the whole all the mishaps in the episode or whatever but that's written into it you know uh-huh wink wink kayfabe anyways <clears throat> I, I always wanted the world to be that way for everyone, not just for me, you know. I, I don't want it to be that way to make it convenient for me. I just want everyone in this world to be hand in hand with each other. Now, there are peaceful people who try to achieve that with peace. And then there are like the more corrupt side of the world who try to achieve that with a strong arm. I'm trying to do a mixture of both. But like when one side, you know, the, is outweighed by the other... I need to bring the strong arm out. So what do you stand for? You just said it. No, what no. I, no, I mean, if he's, if he's supposed to be in the middle of corruption and of what's right, what does Mayim Brannigan stand for? What's right? When you stand away from corruption, you stand for what's right. See, we had to make that clear. For you? No, not, not for me. I'm trying to do everyone a favor by trying to make things clear for everybody. You have to so, stop antagonizing so, so me here. So for the idiots in listening to us right now, it's not really clear. But I got it. I got what he was trying to say. Thank I you. Just, I was just trying to make it clear. Thank you. All right. Um, Hashtag heel row. Jesus Christ. All right. Now, Mayhem, of course, uh, you've been out of jail for what? A good couple of weeks since, uh, since the incident at Renaissance. How's it been so far, especially having, you know, uh, being fresh off of jail? Like, how is this... It, experience affected you um it's not the first time first of all so um nice try william it, it won't break me i've been in there longer you're you're a former jailbird yeah what have you been arrested for other than this incident at renaissance assault so it's nothing new it's not new for you to get arrested for assault it sucked yeah it sucked i can tell yeah but yeah it's, it's nothing new you can tell i can tell it sucks to get arrested <laughs> okay. what the fuck right. yeah, yeah. carry on carry on but yeah, um, it, it didn't break me. Nice try. I'm back out. Someone bailed me out. Um, anonymous. I don't want to say he or she because I, I don't know who. But if you're listening right now, um, thanks. Maybe you could tell me who you are so I could thank you because that's only right. And uh, yeah. How much was your bail? 180K. That's a lot of money. Whoever your benefactor is, this person is loaded. Very loaded. Word, word. And I hope whoever that person is got that money. But in speaking, right way, yeah. yeah, speaking of people who you know are supporting Mayhem Brannigan, if you follow the SGP group at facebook.com slash group slash Smart Gilas Pilipinas, we have a f- I'm the heel here. We have a fan. We have a fan of Mayhem Brannigan who's actually making her presence felt, getting people her. to sign. 
an online petition. That's right. She's a female. Her name is Nicole Brannigan. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to say about Nicole Brannigan petitioning for mayhem to be reinstated into PWR? A a petition like like with signatures and shit to like get me back. Like a real signature. Last time I checked. Yeah, real honest to God petition. Online though. Last time I checked, there were like 27 to 30 signatures already. Ah, well, usually I wouldn't care, but that's really flattering and I really appreciate it. Um, Miss, thank you. Um, I'm not aware of this. I, I'm sorry, Stan. There's no Wi-Fi in prison. Um, <laughs> I tried to get Ken Warren to hook me up, but he never visited. So, oh, that sucks. Yeah, so much. I'm not going to watch your back from Panzer this time, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, Nicole? Nicole? Yeah, Nicole yeah. Brannigan. Thank you. She, she even has a mask. Very just similar like to yours. yours. Yeah. Like mine? Yeah, just, just like, like yours. yours. Okay, cool. Um, That's cool. I, I need another one. Um. But thank you. Thank you, Nicole. Um, I owe you one. So what are your plans now after getting released, getting bailed from jail? What, what, is, the, what is the next step for Mayhem Brannigan? I think I want to go back to school and um, get a degree, start playing golf, and just stay away from all this, this nonsense. Hold up. Get a degree in what? And, and start playing golf. <laughs> stay away from all this nonsense. So you're going to be one of those corporate schmucks who spend their Sundays yes. in the golf club. Yeah, I actually went to Uniqlo the other day to buy like um, a bunch of long sleeve button downs. Uh-huh. And I will get a haircut. Psych! Um, well, first off, I know there's a show on December 6th. And you may have banned me, but last time I checked, I laid three of your security guys out. It ain't so hard. And I didn't even have my bat. If I have my bat, I can go in there and lay the whole audience out. But people, pay for the tickets. Don't worry. I won't do that. Unless you were that guy who got interviewed and you said you were voting for Brian Leo. I'll do that too. <laughs> I will find you and I will choke you out. Wait, 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 wait. So you're coming to the show without being booked at all, without being officially part of the company. Is that right? Am I getting this right? Are you going to buy your ticket? Are you going to buy your I'm not going to buy a ticket. Maybe if I have to take a shit so I can wipe my ass with it, I'm going to run in there, and I don't care if they arrest me again, because whoever the fuck bailed me out had 180k to spare. I bet he has another 180k to spare again, or maybe 300, or maybe 400, because what I'm going to do to Brian Leo, I'm going to be in there for life. They're going to bring the chair back once I'm done with him. I have to say, big balls on Mayhem Brannigan's part because most people, when they do this, they just show up at the show without, you know, prior warning. Right. Prior notice. But he's it's as though he's challenging the PWR brass to do something about it. He's naming the place. He's naming the time. Well, not, it wasn't his to begin with. But he's saying that he's going to be here on the show. And it's up to them to try and stop him. And here's the thing. You're fucking warning the people you're fucking attacking. I, I want them to know. I want them to know because the other two times that they tried to bring me down, it didn't work. So I want you to actually attempt to do that this time. So maybe you can try to get away with it like the pussies that you are. And I'm not talking to one person in particular. I'm talking to everyone behind PWR. You guys keep screwing up at trying to bring me down. Here is your third shot. Third time's a charm. Maybe it'll work this time. I'm warning you this time in advance. I'm warning you. Shots fired, I have to say. Shots fired. You want to hashtag that, bro? Yes, I will hashtag. Hashtag shots fired. Okay. Damn. 
I, I'd be if I were them, if I were the PWR brass, I'd be mustering up everything I can to try and stop Mayhem not just Brannigan. intestinal fortitude, but the cash, the cash to try to stop Mayhem Brannigan right in his tracks. It, it's gonna be very scary for all these people you're after, and I can tell because I I see the intensity. I can feel it's a very confined space in here, but I'm sure you know all about confined spaces being in prison. Now you know. Why do, I, have, why do we have to keep bringing? No, we're, we're not trying to bring up prison. We're just trying to. I, I just want to get inside Mayhem's head. I just want to know what is prison like. Like for other people who've never been in prison, I've never been in prison. I want to know how it's like coming from your perspective, especially since you've been roughed up. This isn't your first rodeo. Okay. Um. First of all, I, I wasn't brought into like a big jail facility or whatever the proper terminology is for all you um, grammar cats. Yeah, there we go. Thank you, Ro. Thank you. No problem. I, I, I might have to be in one again after that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was a smaller cell. There were four of us in. Um, there was this one guy who apparently dealt like 80K worth of shabu, something I wouldn't know of because I am, for those who don't know, straight edge. Wait, wait, wait. Put I your exes up. Yeah. Did you meet Tatang? Tatang who? <laughs> si Tatang. Tatang. Who's Tatang? Pare si Tatang. Sino yun? Di ka nanood ng on the job, no? <laughs> <laughs> it's alright. No, we're messing with you. We're messing with you. I am messing with you. Is he some type of OG I should know about? <laughs> yes. Yes, yeah, he is, actually. Yeah? Yes, he is. He is. I, will, I will look it up. I will look it up. Well, May- Mayhem doesn't have the time to watch movies, local movies at that. Yeah, oh, hey. Very busy guy. Yeah, I watch movies, you know, every now and then when I'm not trying to bring the government down. All right. Now, thank you for mentioning that you're trying to bring the government down. I assume this is actually one of these things that you've been up to since having been released from PWR. What else have you been up to? Um, well, I, I settled back home. Um I started working out again because I, I did pull my shoulder in that match. Um, I I went back to Muay Thai. That's why I have a crooked nose right now. The other day, I hung out with Chris Panzer. Ken Warren, this dude is getting ready for you, man. Watch the fuck out. Chris Panzer almost fucking swung the bags off of the gym ceiling. I'm not kidding. This dude can kick, man. And I thought I could need the fucking... Speed bag and shit or whatever the fuck you call it. I haven't done Muay Thai in a while. I'm sorry. I was too busy doing jujitsu and trying to bring you pussy government officials down. He's getting ready, man. He's, you guys need to watch out for that. And um, I also got on the phone with JDL again. Checked on him. Checked on his knee and shit. So he was your one phone call? Oh, yeah. Actually, while I was in prison, he was my one phone call. Because the moment they said 180K, I'm not trying to be a user here, right? JDL knows how true of a friend I am. They said 180k. I was like, "Senorito, that's the guy." I'm sorry, you know, it's, it's true. Is it confirmed that he was the one who bailed you out? Oh no, and he he didn't say anything either. He was surprised I even got bailed out. So I don't know if he's trying to play it cool or something. Come on, JD. Come on, man. All right. So you know, if if JDL, well, that probably puts JDL as one of the people who could have bailed you out. But again, it, it's a it's a mystery to all of us right here on the SGP podcast. We have no idea who bailed you out, and you've already said your words to you know the people who may have bailed you out. Mm-hmm. But what can we expect from Mayhem Brannigan moving forward, especially uh, since you've given out your warnings? But you know, I'm sure there are other things up your sleeve you might want to tell our listeners about. Well. I've just been getting ready for my next attack, for my next riot. I've been getting ready. I've been getting stronger and faster than ever. 
And uh, I, I'm just going to go in there and stand. I'm just going to tear the place down piece by piece. Thank you so much. I think, I, I think, um, I think that's a very succinct explanation of what you're going to be doing, of your, your plan of attack. Wait, 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 wait. If you're going to tear the place down piece by piece, what then? Like, like, what, like okay, what now? How does that achieve anything? Do you plan to, I don't know, rebuild a PWR, I don't know, in your own image maybe? What, what is the plan here? Um, see, Ro, the reason why I want to bring the Royal Flush down is because they're like the corrupt officials of the Philippines. And if we keep letting them run this, we'll never have it as pure as we should have it. The people, the people who matter, you know, and... What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get rid of them so that the Philippine people can get Philippine wrestling. Philippine wrestling revolution in its purest form, like the purest product, like the most they can get out of it, like what it's really supposed to be as a fan. I'm taking this back and I'm giving it back to them. I'm about to Robin Hood this shit. Not Robin saying Robin Hood. Okay, so you said, you said there... You're going to restore it to its purest form. Philippine wrestling to its purest form. But what does that really mean? I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I'm all for it. I'd like to see wrestling in its purest form. But I don't know what that exactly means. The whole show was exactly what it was. The revival of Philippine pro wrestling up until the Royal Flush weaseled their way into everything they were involved in. Even things they weren't involved in. And that's not how it should be. That's not right. And that's not what wrestling is. This is not what the people want, obviously. You saw them boo the hell out of those guys. That's not what they want. We're here to give them what they want. And what they need as well. And once I'm done with them, that's what I'm going to do with PWR. I am going to save Philippine Pro Wrestling. It has been revived, but now it has to be saved. So this is what you want to be. You want to be the savior of Philippine wrestling. That it, that's what it is. Okay, that's... I'd, I'd like to ask, uh, what are your opinions on Bombay Suarez? Bombay Suarez. made the save uh, at the end of the show. Yeah, Bombay Suarez is a great dude, man. But that's someone you do not want to mess with. I've hung out with Bombay several times and you, you don't want to mess with the dude, man. Like, you, you know me. I don't back down from anyone. And I wouldn't back down from him either, but... Uh, you just got to respect the guy, man. He, he's someone you don't want to see across the ring. Would you be looking forward to fighting with him? Like as a tag team? Him? Like the thing with me is I'm a lone wolf. If I'm going to do something, I will never depend on people to help me. And even if they do, I won't acknowledge it as help. I, I'll be grateful. That, that might have not been the proper wording. I'll, I'll be grateful, but I won't need you by my side. But if, if he is going to work with me, if he's going to work for the cause, I'll be down for it. No doubt. Shit is hitting the fan uh, up in here. Right, right. And, and we, we really feel this right now. Um, I got to ask, though, like as an aside, who are your influences? Like yeah. what really got you into what got you into wrestling? Who do you model yourself after? Stone Cold Steve Austin. I know you people were going to say that anyways. But like back in grade school, that's right. Mayhem went to school. Um, you were either a Triple H guy or you were a Rock guy. I was always the Steve Austin guy. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. And then when I got older, I found guys like Brian Pillman, Raven, um, 
I'm not going to say Dean Ambrose because honestly, I stopped watching wrestling for a good three or four years. The first Dean Ambrose promo I ever saw was when he started wearing the tank tops. So I don't know how he cuts a promo. Stop calling me Dean Ambrose. I'm going to fucking, what's his finisher? Headlock driver you into the concrete if you say that. All right, so that's clear. Don't be a mark. It's way easy for people to make comparisons that are just right there, low-hanging fruit. And it's fair. You don't want to be the next Dean Ambrose. You want to be the first Mayim Brannigan or whatever have you. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what you are. You're an anti-establishment character. And yeah, like what Rose said, yeah, people so, will yeah. make those comparisons so day in and day out. You are anti-establishment. And it so happens that Dean Ambrose maybe is also anti-establishment and stone cold. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you and uh, these people are one and the same. And we get that. We're not going to throw that shit your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are better than that. We understand that. And we're, we're not necessarily trying to be, you know, not marks. We keep those mark goggles on every now and then. How else can we enjoy the show, Diba? How else can we enjoy what we see when we, when we enjoy wrestling at, uh, for what it is? Oh, no doubt. That's like a big problem in the, in the scene, the culture, the sport right now. Like... Too many people trying to be smarks, you know. You can't enjoy it anymore. Like, the whole argument between pro wrestling and MMA is we watch it for entertainment. But how can you be entertained if you keep trying to look for all the bad things in it, trying to be a smart guy amongst your friends, you know? that That's one of the bigger problems these days, so... No, that's something out, we understand. Right? We do, we do. So, yeah, uh, you, uh, you were saying shout-outs. Mm-hmm. Shout-outs to those guys. I'm going to slap you in the face when I see you. <laughs> I love how, you know, the, the anger, the angst just emanating from this guy. But at, at the same time, he makes for a great interview just because uh, just because you, you have a lot on your mind. And these are things that we don't necessarily expect from, from the package. Like there are certain people that when you see them, you expect something to come out of them. And I, I just want to say, I just want to put it out there. Ma'am, you've exceeded all my expectations. I, I'm just glad that we are having you right here on episode 27 of the SGP podcast. Is it too early to promote the December 6th show? What do you think? Is it? I don't know. I don't think it's too early because we have somebody right here yeah, who's exactly. already making his mark, who's already promising to leave a mark on that very show. Oh, yeah, definitely. December 6th, Makati Square Arena. I'm promoting it for you guys. I know you need the marketing. That's why they posted me posting bail on their page. They need to make money off of my name. And who the hell is selling the pin buttons of, with my logo on it? Like, I, I wouldn't sue you because I'm not that type of guy. But if I find you... I will break your neck and then I will stab you in the eyelids with those pins you're selling. But no, go ahead, buy them because they, they, they fucking need the money, man. So just help them out. They need it so badly that they need to steal my likeness and all that. So there you go. You're welcome, whoever the hell is behind PWR, your, your VPs and all that, whoever the hell you are, right? Now, Mayhem, I know I understand that you have a lot of fans as well who want to get in touch with you on social media. Where can our listeners find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram, PWR Mayhem, and www.facebook.com slash Mayhem Brannigan. And, you know, we can chat or you can, like, poke me and stuff or whatever. Good luck to you. I won't reply. Any last words that you have to say to our listeners and even to Nicole Brannigan? Because I know she's listening to this right now. Um, um, Nicole, thank you for starting the petition. I, I hope it works out. I, I honestly, it may be selfish, but I, I do hope it works out because I really don't want to go through the hassle of having to beat their security again and all that. It, it's such a hassle. I, I get so sweaty sometimes, you know. And um, thank, thank you, Nicole. And what was the other question? Again? 
Uh, what do you have to say to all your fans who are eagerly awaiting the return of Mayhem Brannigan at December 6th? Um, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I usually don't care for other people's approval, but you guys obviously know what's right. Keep doing what you're doing and keep fighting for what's right. I'll see you on December 6th. And if we're lucky, you guys might see some blood. Not mine, to be clear. And I'll see you guys at the show. Their show. Good luck, PWR. You guys need it, right? All right. There you have it. The one and only Mayhem Brannigan, exclusive here on the SGP Podcast. Wow, what an explosive interview with Mayhem Brannigan. I could feel the tension. I could feel like he was ready. I could, I could feel the angst coming from Mayhem Brannigan. He, he was, was ready to swing his bat at someone. Intense, over intense. Well, I, I don't think we have anyone that intense. And that angry. I mean, we have Brian Leo. He's an angry person, but he's not as intense, I think. I think Mayhem Brannigan, if he wanted to, he could tear the studio apart with his bare hands. He could. December 6th. I'm expecting Mayhem Brannigan there, and I am expecting no less than chaos from Mayhem Brannigan. For sure. It's going to be fun, I think. Um, well, he's, 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 he said he was going to be here. He said he was going to be there. He's put out the challenge for, to PWR to try and stop him. He's called everyone out. I'd like to see where this goes. Right, right. I'd like to see if they can do it. December 6th, people. Thank you, by the way, to PWR and to Mayhem Brannigan for, for gracing us with their presence and for being part of this week's SGP podcast. But we're not just done yet. We still have our picks of the week. Right, right, we do. And who's going to start, me or you? Uh, I could start with, with my pick of the week All for right, this sure. week. Now, the pick of the week, if you're a newcomer to the podcast, is the segment where we tell you the most must-see or something that we really, really liked in wrestling this week. Now, my pick of the week is Triple H's announcement that John Cena and Dean Ambrose will face each other at Hell in a Cell and that the winner gets Seth Rollins inside the cell. And it may just be some promo, some Triple H promo, some authority figure promo to a lot of people. But, but for me, it comes across as a build-up to something really big. Think back to WrestleMania 30. We have a situation very similar to that on our hands here. Do you even realize that Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins could potentially main event a pay-per-view inside Hell in a Cell in 2014? And they should. They should pull the trigger on it. I'm excited to see this. I want to see this happen. You know, I, I think that this will be really good for both Ambrose and Rollins, especially now that they're trying to be established as the number two face and heel, respectively, of, of the company. Sign a number one. No? Sign a number one, Sign right. Number one. Moving forward. I mean, yeah, they've only been in the WWE main roster for two years at this point. And for them to be main eventing with a Hell in a Cell match this early on, it's a stamp of approval from the higher-ups. I love the hot dog stand spot. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was really good. The hot dog stand spot was very, very entertaining. And, the, you know, these foreign objects, whenever Dean Ambrose gets a hold of them, it makes for 100% entertainment. Dean always tops himself uh, every week, it seems. And I'm just scared that there might come a point where he cannot top himself any further. Oh, what kind of Don't be pessimistic. You know, I'm just saying. You, you the realist. First things <laughs> no, first, no, you no, the no. realist. I'm not saying that, God. <laughs> anyway, my pick of the week is from NXT last week. A lot of uh, picks of the week coming from NXT lately. And it's easy. It's basically the Charlotte versus Bailey match rematch for the NXT Women's Championship. And they put on a show. It was kind of different from what they put on back at TakeOver 2. And 
it's kind of intense. It's something really, really different. Um, it's more ground based. Yeah, and Charlotte it was. won it cleanly. Right. And I have to say, well, I, I tweeted this, I think, uh, while I was watching it. It might have been the female version of the William Regal versus Cassius Ono matches. Wow. It was that intense. Um, you know, Charlotte was pulling on Bailey's legs in ways that I've never seen women do before. You know what I think about Charlotte? When she applies that figure four, para para mas masakit pag si Charlotte pa kaysa kay Miz. Eh. Exactly. Exactly. Mas masakit pa pag si Charlotte yung naglagay, nag-apply. And you see the ring psychology when Charlotte tries to work the legs versus Ms. Annin where he just slaps it on without any build-up. Genetics ng yun, papi. <laughs> Genetics ng yun. Ric Flair has been teaching his daughter well. <gasps> and Charlotte Bailey, it was, it was a really, really good match. Like, uh, if you didn't beat me to it, I would have picked that. And I knew Sorry. you would have picked it. Sorry. <laughs> no, I knew you would have picked it, so I didn't even try. We could have picked, you know, Tyson Kidd versus Adrian Neville. Which is also a good match, by the way, at NXT. You know, if, if you haven't been watching NXT, you've been missing out. Quality wrestling right there. I talk about my dad a lot as a wrestling fan. And he's actually asked me, where, where can you watch good wrestling when SmackDown is just a replay of Raw and when Raw is a lot of hullabaloo? I told him, Dad, NXT. Yeah. It's the way to go. Start it's the watching. future. The, and the future is now. The future is now. And uh, I guess that brings us to the end of this week's SGP podcast. Shout out, by the way, to all the boys and the girls of SGP for always being part of the conversation 24-7, 365. If you want to join us, it's facebook.com slash groups slash smartgilaspilipinas. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, hey, we talk about wrestling every day as well. Mine is at Stan947. Mine is at Roadwar. And we're excited for another week in wrestling. NXT coming up in the morning. We're going to get some sleep. And we're going to come out with this bitch in a few hours. So there you have it. If you're listening to us on your web browser, you can download us uh, on, your, on, your, on your mobile device. That's right. Whether download Whether you're us. iOS or Android, you can find us on the iTunes store or on your favorite podcast app. And when you do that, please do rate us. Yes, please. Your feedback is very, very important. Leave a comment. Except rate for, us. Except for if you like it. If you like us, uh, please feel free to rate us positively. And if you don't like us, we'd like to hear that too. Uh, honest feedback is something that we very much welcome. And uh, we really appreciate all of your comments on the podcast. One last thing before we close this baby up. PWR Bootcamp is happening this Sunday at October 12. My boy Ro here will be part of Bootcamp. He's going to be there. He's going to get his ass kicked by Bombay Suarez. I and was, I can't wait to see the pictures. I was hoping that we wouldn't bring this up. But, uh, well, not just that. Our boy MDJ is also confirmed. Confirmed, papi. Wow. Confirmed. confirmed MDJ. Confirmed. It's going to be It's gonna be a sight to see. I, I'm sorry I can't be there because I'm going to be doing some work. With I don't very, think it, I, I'm not really sure if it's open to the public, though. I'm not sure if it's open to the uh, No, I think it is because they announced it on I don't their know. Facebook I, I, page. I'm not sure. I, I'm I don't think it is. It doesn't sound like it is. Ah, but yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see the we'll see the photos when it comes out yeah, eventually. Yeah, for sure. I'll see your battle scars, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I for sure I'm really expecting to get my ass kicked. It's that's the way to go. And well, okay, if it's if anything good comes from it, we will talk I will talk about the experience next week for damn sure. Yo, regardless, I'm going to ask you about it. But for now, yeah. We got to prepare for, you know, whatever we're going to have to do tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. SVP Podcast, we're going to sign off. Thank you so much. Peace!
This is Scarlett from PWR, and you're listening to the Smart Gilas Filipinas podcast. Thanks, baby. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.